from Invisible Studios. This is Facade Podcast. Whimsical cultural analysis presented in relevant, understandable ways that critique and celebrate hip-hop while discussing our place in it. I am your host, Dr. Brian Keith Hodgkins. Today, we begin our season two, episode seven, with Ether, where we explore Brim Fayaz, becoming hip-hop's one true balladeer, dive into five random topics, our therapy exercise, either or, neither nor, what we not gonna do. Time back and end with the detangle, celebrating Black History Month. Don't forget to download this episode, subscribe, listen, and share. Let's go. So Friday night on the 7th, I was waiting to give Brent Fayaz my $9.99 <laughs> for music like this, because it slaps. Who can I love when they tell me I can't love myself? How in the hell could I possibly love someone else? Who can I love when they tell me I can't love myself? How in the hell could I possibly love someone else? I think freedom is like the ability to like come to London on a whim and and do interviews and do parties and just link and connect with people. Like I don't have to go through no like uh, crazy ass like you feel me press run or press schedule. I can literally be like boom boom boom. Hey bro, like I'm trying to shoot with y'all. You trying to stop? Hell yeah. Hey, let me link with, with bro at the mag. Boom boom boom. Like quick shit. Just like off the muscle, off the strength. Like to me, that's freedom. Is like being able to be like nah. I met boom boom boom. I met this designer. I met this journalist. I met and I'm able to connect those dots like firsthand versus somebody making a phone call and having this shit happen for me. So. I got turned on to Brent Fayas by my young gun. And so he listened to a wide range of music, right? And so, wait, complete context. So this is an interview snip from Guwap, right? It's a, it's a magazine that's online. I came across it when I was looking for content about Brent. And so in this interview, right, he's just talking. It's, it's, a, it's an abbreviated interview which reminds me of this album, right? So it's an abbreviated interview, which is only like six minutes long. And so in this section, he talks about freedom and how he defines freedom, which is right in line. You know, it's Black History Month. <laughs> on my left forearm, I got the word freedom tattooed on it, and it goes all the way up, chains up breaking, and it goes up to the continent of Africa at the top of my shoulder. Like, it's my left sleeve, right? And so it's black people. We got different definitions of what freedom is. But I, I like that he's, so he's not, so I would say that he's Frank Ocean-esque. Yes, because he's, he's an independent artist in the truest sense. Like he doesn't, he doesn't bow down to the normal, right, what it means to be normal. Like he said, to do the press junkets, he, he moves through the, through the music industry on vibe, just like me. Like synergy is key. Like if the synergy ain't right, yeah, I'm not rocking with you. And so I love it. So I went on to pay my money. $9.99, best investment of the week, because I needed some new music, right? F the world, whoo, 10 heaters. 
Skyline, cloudy, been away. F the world, let me know. Soon as I get home, rehab, bluffing. Lost kids get money. Make it out. 27 minutes. That's it. 27 minutes. So I remember when that was the trend. Kanye did the 30-minute album. And I was like, nah, that's trash. I used to be like, hey, I need... I need 60 minutes of music. I ain't paying. I'm not downloading your music. And I will pay because I'm, I'm a buyer of music. I don't, I don't stream. I stream podcasts, but I don't stream music because I want your whole album. That's my process. I interview where well, I interview. I listen to music for 30 straight days before I get into, like, making a comment about it. But this, yeah, this fires. <laughs> yeah, it, 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 sh- it shifted the game. So I, I used to align him with Six Lack. And then this new album came out by Inglewood Sir. And I was like, okay, yeah, where, where is he at? You know, where, where does he fit in the Tiller, Tory Lanes? But yeah, this Brent Fayas, ooh, he got, he got his own lane. I love it. I love it. The songs are short because I can rewind and, and listen to the songs again and again, right? And so I wanted to take this part of Ether to highlight this young artist. Well, he, he's not young in the game, he's young in the age. Right? And give y'all a glimpse of him if you ain't up on him. Because I know some of y'all ain't up on what's current. And that's what Facade Podcast does is bring you up with the current. Yeah. <laughs> Continue the interview piece. I don't know. Like, I was, like, trying to figure shit out. Like, I was working at the grocery store and shit, staying in the apartments in Village Lake and Charlotte and East Mac. And, like, I don't know. Like, after, like, getting a taste of the work life, because I ain't really do college. I was like, man, I ain't fucking with this shit. Like, I need to make something shake. So I come home from work, like, you feel me? Like, get on the beats, be tired as fuck, had to get up and go to work the next day type shit. But just grinding for real, for real. And then um, I was putting music on SoundCloud while I was living in Charlotte. Uh, and the manager I got now, Ty, hit me and was like, yo, I'm trying to manage you. So I'm like, smooth, ain't nobody hit me trying to manage me. So I'm like, fuck it, if this can get me out this job, you feel me? And from there, I moved out to LA. And it seemed like after that, everybody we played the music for was just fucking with it. Give me that. I gave it all for fantasy. Is anybody gonna remember me? If I go tonight, I doubt the world will change. I just pray they don't forget my name. These are game rules I can't lose. When it's all said and done, will I still be cool? Spent like... I'm on. 10,000, 20,000, 30,000, 40,000. How much I'ma spend profiling? She come in and compliment my closet. Fuck her on the floor like I don't give a fuck about it. Your judgment get cloudy when you cloudy. My opposition wish I'd stop smiling. My family wish I'd stop wilding. I'm still on the east side smoking with my OG. Cause they the only ones that really know me. Love this song. This clip starts out with him saying he gave it all for a fantasy. I can, man, I can relate to that. What's funny is depending on who you're around, who you got in your circle, and he, t- and he talks about how he reveres the people in his circle because they really know him. But depending on who you got in your circle, some of the things that you say can be seen as a dream or reality, right? Fantasy or fiction. And so, man, I love that. You got to protect your dreams. Because some people, they just, they don't see it. They never going to get it. They're never going to understand why you spent half of your rent money on studio time, not knowing how you was going to get the other half of the rent money, paid the landlord half the rent money, and double back on the back end before they kicked you out. <laughs> some people don't understand it because they don't have no passion, right? They're not creatives. 
They don't, they don't want to do nothing but consume, right? And so I mentioned earlier, so I, I got turned on to Sunderson, right, 2017. And so I, uh, I don't know if I love it. I'm, I'm prisoner of the moment, so I'm liking this new one. But the Sunderson, man, man, home, I just like first world problems, L.A., yeah, all I want. Like that, that album was a, um, I liked it. It, it was kind of a journey. It reminded me of Kendrick's Good Kid, Mad City. We had the mom talking at the beginning of the album, and so even though it was it was twelve songs, forty two minutes, right? It was a, it was a different a different um, examination for me, right? Because I hadn't covered the previous project that he had done, right? The EPs, and so I really wasn't on to him, on to him like I am now. So I got two projects over a three year span. Right, and so I, I like that he um, he's growing as an artist. He's growing vocally. What I like on this new project, After World, is he's his layering of backgrounds. Mm. Man, it sounds good. So I, so I don't want to say he's Prince esque. So I, I, I listen to all thirty two, I think thirty six so, albums of Prince. But in the, the laying of background, don't nobody do it better than Prince. But man. Fayas, <laughs> his, his layering of backgrounds are on sync and in key harmony, right? But his lead vocals are often off key, off harmony, and then back on. So yeah, I I, I like the way his his flow is, is in and out. It's not necessarily what you expect from an artist, but I don't really consider him an R and B artist. Like he he's something that is, has yet to be defined, right? I know I've been away. I'm just trying to get my paper straight, girl. Don't give my shit away. I'm just trying to get my paper straight, girl. I know I've been away. I'm just trying to get my paper straight, girl. Don't give my shit away. Trust in you. What will you do? Will you just step out? Would you duck it out? Would you be here to the end? I just wanna know if you my friend. I just wanna know if you pretending. I know I've been away. I don't know. At first, I was like, I was kind of broke as fuck when I was starting like making music. But I started, like, the music started coming in slow, and I started seeing that, like, while a lot of people get a hit and fade away, and I've seen a lot of artists, like, since I've been making music, pop off and be hot as fuck, and then fall off, like, I'm like, damn, I can steady climb this shit and really fuck the game up. So, like, that's kind of, like, where I'm at with it now. Like, now that I'm not starving, I can kind of wear what I want, kind of move how I want, meet who I want to meet. Like, I'm like, you know what? Like, the sky's the limit for real. I mean, like, it's not no, like, oh, like, um, I'm signed to a label and I'm on this, I stay in the hills with the Airbnb that the label set me up with and I just come out and shake hands and then go back up to my, like, nah, I live on the Hollywood Boulevard in a one-bedroom apartment, you feel me? Like, everybody know where I stay at, everybody know, like, where I be, everybody know what I be on. You catch me at any fucking cookout, any, you feel me? Like, whatever. I think for real, for real, I think that's, like, the illest shit. I think that's really where the music come from. People be like, yo, where you at? You ain't dropping no music. Like, I'm, because I'm out here, like, literally, like, living, cooling, like, getting inspired and shit.
speaking of getting inspired, like the, the young creative energy, the young artist hunger, struggle to live the juxtaposition of stardom and navigating the brand with who they really are, like it encapsulates this era, right? It's, it's Ari Lennox, it's, uh, it's Summer Walker, you know, it, it is this who I am, I'm accessible, right? But I'm not too accessible, right? And the song, Been Away, that might be my favorite song. <laughs> I can relate to that. Right? I can relate to telling a woman they only want to get with you because I'm getting with you, right? It's, it's that self-perception of maybe I'm, I think I'm worth more than what I am, right? Because so when I was younger, <laughs> I used to say stuff like, hey, don't put, don't let nobody put their spoon in my cereal. <laughs> it was extra corny, but I knew what I meant because I loved eating cereal. Yep. And so, hey, I want to share, I don't want to share my cereal, right? My Cocoa Puffs, my Captain Crunch. I ain't trying to share none of that with nobody. So when I'm out working, I tell my son all the time, ambition, man, women love ambition. They love a man that want to go out and get something. But eventually, when that ambition takes away from their time from you, mm, yeah, it could become about resentment, right? And so it's about the craft. I hear him saying, I'm out here trying to get it, trying to get this money, do this music thing. So support me. Yeah, so I love Kid Unfurl. <laughs> but yeah, that yeah, that's, hey, Brent Fayaz. Y'all need to check that out. Uh, he's out now. A streaming on all DSPs. I just went on and paid for it. I could pay my $9.99. I want my music in my phone. I ain't really a streaming person like that, right? I don't really get get it in, get it in like that. And so, yeah, not doing that. But anyway, check it out. And this is the end of Ether. Three random topics. So, this is my first random topic. For the, uh, for the new listeners, never heard of Side Podcast before, I met a lot of new people over the last two weeks. This is a space where I unpack person persona facade, right? How do I navigate being professorial, which is people's expectations of me, right, versus my love for hip-hop, right? So, I love hip-hop culture. I like to dress. I got the hoodie low, got the hat low, right? I got on the Jordan 12s. Yeah, that's, that's my steez. I'm out here doing that. But uh, some people don't understand it. And so I feel like I got to explain it, right? I, I, can't, I can't rap in class. I mean, I could, but I feel like it would usurp my authority. And, you know, people that's outside the culture on their evals would be like, he was rapping in class. That's so unbefitting, you know. I don't feel like I... Yeah, I don't want to have to deal with all that, right? So I created the Facade Podcast to unpack that and discuss it. But this first random topic is what I call introvert parties, <laughs> So, this summer, I'm letting y'all know now, I'm going to throw my first introvert party. So, I don't know if I'm going to throw it in Oklahoma City. I don't know if I'm going to throw it in Lubbock. I don't know if I'm going to throw it in Salt Lake City. I don't know if I'm going to throw it in Dallas or uh, Albemarle. Yeah, County in Virginia. Like, I don't know where I'm going to throw it, but I'm going to throw an introvert party. And here's what it's going to be. You're going to come into the introvert party, right? You're going to put your cell phones in a, in a box, a specific lockbox, Right? And ain't nobody going to talk to each other. (laughs) 
We're going to have refreshments. It's going to be like a day party. So we're going to have Grand Marnier mimosas, right? And we're going to have a, a fruit tray for all y'all to get into your fruits and your and your vegetables and your, uh, you know, and your cheeses. We're going to do that. We might even have some, cigar, some cigars that y'all can smoke, right? Have some art that allow you to contemplate and think about who you are as a person, right? But we introverts. So, yeah, we're not there to talk. Silence. Love is found in the silence. I believe that. <laughs> I'm for that. I, I, I experienced something similar to that earlier this year, and nobody talked to me. And when I looked around, hardly wasn't nobody talking. And when I left that energy, I was like, oh, I felt so fulfilled. I felt, I felt so refreshed. Right? Nobody spoke to me. I didn't hear people being egomaniacal. I didn't hear people telling me about their kids. I don't, want, I don't care about your kids. <laughs> I don't want to. I don't want to hear all that. I know what you do for a living because I didn't Google you. Maybe. Right? I don't care about the last sports game. I just want silence in a space. Or, or I guess with one introvert to another. I guess I could have a really brief conversation about who you are as a person yeah as a person i don't want to hear about your titles how much money you make what kind of car you drive none of that just who you are as a person yeah so if you into that because i know y'all out there extroverts probably like what the hell ain't nobody going to that mess introverts i'm gonna have an introvert party this summer the first one it's going to be an annual thing, but it's going to be a first one. I'm going to put the location out. It's going to be an introvert party just for us. Silence, appreciation of art and ambiance, right? A cultural context about who we are in the space to give you the, the experience to reflect on who you've been, right? And where you're going to be in the future. Yeah, I like that introverted party <laughs> yeah definitely looking forward to doing that the real question is should i have music or not right because that may cloud the thought maybe violins yeah i'll think about it topic two <laughs> So I have to watch, you know, I got I got to watch what I eat, right? Namely my sugar intake, right? Like I mentioned, I love cereal. So I grew up eating cereal. I recently read an article that basically said the reason why Americans crash around 12:30 to 3 in the daytime is cuz you ate a sugary breakfast, right? So you ate a donut or you ate a uh, a big bowl of Captain Crunch, right? So your sugar levels was extra high. Right? So you crash. <laughs> Went to the doctor recently. I don't have diabetes, which is great. But when I went home, the last time I went home, <laughs> I had the opportunity to go watch one of my young guns teach at Millwood High School. Yeah. Shout out to Taylor Trike. He's out there. Great, great teacher, English teacher, right? But I got to see in the city, when I was in the city, I seen a whole lot of silver teeth kids. <laughs> and I'm trying to figure out, parents, what are you feeding your kids? Your kid is four. All they fronts is silver. 
How is that possible? No, no gold, no diamonds. Yeah, no, no jewels, no rubies in the teeth. Yeah, don't spell out nothing. It's just silver teeth. <laughs> the, the, the whole top and bottom. Come on, parents. Like what? What are you doing? Are, are you feel you just do you just bring your kids to the table and just pour out sugar onto the plate <laughs> and hitting them a spoon so they can just eat a whole bowl of cereal uh, of uh, sugar? Is that what y'all doing? I mean, I don't I don't understand that. How do how does a kid how do the kids teeth just all be all be silver? Now we'll say, now we'll say is one kid that was like, hey, who are you? And I was like, oh, I'm Dr. Hoskins. Who are you? He was like, my name is Marcus. Welcome to my school. And I was like, okay, Marcus. <laughs> so Marcus had the swag. Marcus had to be like, I don't know, seven. He had the swag already at seven. He, gonna, he probably gonna be an interviewer of somebody significant in about 10 years. Cause he he had all the he, yeah, he was there. He had the vibes. And I was like, yeah, he's cool. I want to say Marcus. What happened to your teeth, son? <laughs> But I didn't, I didn't, you know, he wasn't an anomaly. It was other kids I seen at the school. They had the silver fronts. I, when I went out, it was other places that I went throughout the city, seeing little kids happen to be there. Hey, I speak to little kids. I like kids. Kids are, uh, they, they uninhibited in who they are. They say whatever they want to say. Yeah, they don't, they don't care. Yeah, I just, my mama just paid $400 for weave, but we don't got nothing food in the refrigerator. Like, <laughs> Like kids, I love little kids because they don't know how to play politics yet. They ain't got to that space yet where they understand, hey, 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 hey. <laughs> Some stuff we just don't say. They haven't got to that space yet. And so I love interacting with kids, but it got me to thinking. I'm like, hey, schools, are no sugar at all. I'm for a school. Matter of fact, whoever's the candidate, presidential candidate, that votes that says they want a policy in K-12 where they no sugary drinks and no sugary eating on the menu, none in the uh, vending machines. Yeah, you might get my vote. You get my attention because I, I need to know your your bigger thing that you're gonna cover. But you, yeah, you get my attention. I'm, yeah, I'm I'm for that. You, I, I think you can get. Yeah, you you can get my attention for sure. You get my attention. But yeah. <laughs> Shout to the Silver Teeth kids who already got the fronts, top, top, all top air bottom. <laughs> all top air bottom. Yeah. Shout to them. One love. Topic three. So, shout to my young gun, Osiris. Yeah. He had his 23rd birthday. And so it was on February the 1st. You know, I always joke with him. Sometimes he get mad. I get mad at him. I be joking with him. I, should, I say, you know, stuff I shouldn't say to him. Like, I should have put you off on the couch. Yeah, I should have put you off on the back seat of the car. Yeah, I should have just put you off, yeah, on in the, in the bathtub. <laughs> I say that to him. I don't try to be mean. You know, I'm glad that he was born. But sometimes he get on my nerves. But in this particular occasion, I was just happy to see him there. He told me, uh, like a week before, Daddy, I want to go. I want to go spend my birthday with my grandparents because I ain't seen my grand spend my birthday with my grandparents in the well. That, that's how I hear him talking. I ain't spend my birth, uh, birthday with my grandparents in the well. So I was like, okay, we can drive up there. 
He was like, no, when I get off, we need to go ahead and drive. It was like four or five. So we didn't leave till like six. So we didn't get home till like midnight on a Thursday. Right? So we got time. It's a stretch in uh, Oklahoma. Well, well, from here to Wichita Falls? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Clan, 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 Clan. They changed all the name of them cities to Clans, Clans, Clanville, Clan Town, Clan uh, Center. Like, yeah. So we try to move. I try to move not at nights. Right? And so we went to breakfast on Saturday morning, and I told my, I hit my man Myron and my parents, and I was like, hey, let's go celebrate Osiris. So we went to this place called a Hatch. Food was good. And they brought, <laughs> so they brought him this celebratory pancake. Man, it was the size of a 14-inch rim. <laughs> <laughs> For real. And it just had like, uh, it was just like, uh, what's the things? What's the uh, sprinklies? So it has sprinklies that you put on a donut and it, and it's just sauce on it. And it looked totally nasty. He took one bite and didn't eat it. But this goes into my, my third topic, which is uh, pride too big. <laughs> so I was like, hey, son, I want to take you to the polo outlet and I want to get you whatever you want to get. And I want to take my parents with me. And then my mama was like, yeah, I want to go too. And she was like, wait, is it a whole lot of places that we got to walk around in the space? So so we got an outlet mall in Oklahoma off of council. If you've ever been to Oklahoma, it's off of council. And so in 2nd uh, Street, I don't know, 3rd, 10th. And so my mom was like, yeah, I want to go. And she was like, but I don't want to do a whole lot of walking because my knees be wobbly. They be, you know, hurting. And I was like, well, mama, we can get you the, uh, the little scooter thing that you can sit and ride in. <laughs> And she said, no, 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 I ain't doing that. <laughs> and I said, why you, why you wouldn't do that? She said, hmm, uh, I don't want nobody to see me in one of those. <laughs> and I said to her, oh, so you don't want people to think you old because you can't walk, right? So you'd rather hurt your joints and walk further than ride on the school that don't hurt at all? Yep, yep, yep. <laughs> It's, that's when I realized that her pride was too big, right? That's my third topic, pride too big. And so, yeah, it's okay. She's 79. So it's okay to walk. For those of you who can't walk, I remember when I hurt my ankle. Yeah, I almost broke my ankle, sprained it hella bad. My son used to have to pick me up on his shoulder and carry me up the stairs so I could lay down in my bed and pick me up and walk me down the stairs so I could lay down so I could be out and leave the place. Yeah, I didn't have no pride. Well, no pride about that. I had crutches, right? I, hey, I needed what I needed to move around, right? I didn't have no ego. My pride wasn't too big. And I know some of y'all listening, you had that moment where your pride was too big and it hurt you. <laughs> it, it hurt you extra than it had to when you could just put, put your pride down. Put your pride down. It's okay. It's okay. I got elders, fat, my pops. Joyce, Mary, and Joanne, they all they all over 70. They all, they old for over 70. And they out here doing their thing. It's okay. If you're an older person in life and you can you can walk, because here's my thing. When it's time for me to get in the in the what in the whip, right? So people can know, hey, I'm gonna get mine dipped, triple flip paint on mine. I'm gonna have it in the car, bust it out. Yeah, I'm rolling. I'm, the haters going to hate. <laughs> and I, I'm not going to care about what the haters hate about because guess what? Guess who knees not going to be hurting is me. Yeah, my knees ain't going to be hurting because my pride too big. 
Yeah, my pride ain't too big. It's okay. I wasn't too proud to beg. When TLC dropped it, I wasn't. And I and I ain't my pride ain't too big to ride. Yeah. So it's okay. Those are those of you out there that don't want to ride, don't do no riding. Yeah, you better get to it. <laughs> Your relationship might be on the line if you don't. <laughs> oh man. Therapy exercise. Therapy exercise, which from from now on, I'm going to call it full disclosure. Yeah, full disclosure. So if you knew the Facade Podcast, this used to be the section where my therapist would ask me a question that pertained to hip-hop and how I construct myself in the world, I would answer that question, right? And so now, I stopped going to therapy because I had had a breakthrough, right, about anger, about my anger issues. And so now I'm like, hey... Now I'm I'm moving forward to another direction. So this, this rest of the Facade Podcast season two, this gonna be the full disclosure. Why fully disclose about myself, which is hard to do. It's, it's hard to to talk about you, who you are, your weakness, your demons, you know your uh, your strengths, your greater abilities. Like I, it's it's hard to do that just in a regular, just in general, right? You know, because people, I had somebody tell me. Once you share your secrets with people, they no longer yours. So when people share what you told them about yourself in private, you can't get mad at them about that. And I was like, mm, that's it. I was hot about it at first. <laughs> but I realized, like, that's that's extra true. Like, you can't, if you're going to talk, make sure you just talk. You find somebody you can confide in, because if you don't, your business will be all out there. But yeah, this is the full disclosure section. So abandonment issues, that's me. I got a list of them. I'm adopted. And so I, I think most of my life I've been, I've been afraid of bonding with people, places, and things because I always thought not only was I not good enough or I didn't deserve to have those things, right, but I always thought that those things would leave me, right? And so I, so I, would, I would withdraw love, right? I, I'm, I'm what you call emotionally unavailable. So it's hard for me to understand emotionally why people do things, why people are motivated by things, how people are hurt. It's just hard for me to understand, right? So I came across this song by Rod Wave, Abandoned. It speaks to me a little bit. Yeah. I didn't never had no friends. No, my daddy went to prison. Uncle Derek took me in. Then Uncle Derek went to prison. That's when my troubles began. Mama went off and found us some happiness. She got married. Missing my daddy badly. I turned my back on the family. That left me looking for love in all the wrong places. Now my heart that was so full of love is full of hate. Everybody that I invested trust turned to be snakes. Everybody that I invested trust turned to be fake. I know you're frustrated. You want me to open but it takes a strong, strong heart to heal a broken soul. Been abandoned his whole life. Mm. It takes a strong heart to heal a broken soul. Oh, all right, this song, I start crying. It, it's, his, it's his struggle with family. So I, I, I led with saying I was adopted. So I didn't grow up with many, I, actually, I, I didn't know, I don't think I knew anybody who was adopted that was black. Right, and so because my parents are black, 
being adopted, nobody would ever question it. Like, is he, would you adopt him? Blah, blah, blah. And so that, that section right there is really about love and how do you capture it? Like, some, like sometimes I say to myself, like, love, what is love? Right? How, how do you act when you love somebody, when you're in love with somebody? Right? What's that treatment look like? Right? And so me being adopted, it was my birth mom came into my life when I was in high school, senior year. And so it was, man, we done had our ups and downs. Right? We in a down right now, so we ain't spoken like two years. But sometimes life just, it just, you know, family shapes how you see the world. Right? As a scholar, you know, we talk about ontology and epistemology and axiology. Right? Like my reality is shaped by the knowledge of interacting with the people around me. And it shaped my values, right? And so I've, I've had, in that within that adoption situation, it's been great, but it's been hostile, right? And so it, it's, it makes me, I curtail who I am, like my, my emotions, my love, the way that I see love, how I give love, right? Some of, part of me is like, okay, you need to be able to love, love is loving somebody the way they want to be loved, not the way you love, right? Or you want to be loved. And that's hard to do, man. <laughs> that's hard to do. That goes back to the abandonment. Like I, I feel like, what good is giving love? What good is giving is taking your love when you can take your love away? What's the point in that? Like love ain't permanent to me. Love is temporary. It's a temporary thing, right? And in the family, you don't choose who your family is. <laughs> but but I always said I love my family. But if they exhibit certain behaviors that's hurtful, I'm cutting them off. I don't care who it is. That I, I can't give family grace in way that I give strangers grace because family know better. They know me. They know what hurts me. And when you know what hurts me and you still hurt me, yeah, that, that jeopardizes everything. Which brings me to the second song by Young Ma, Sober. Discipline in my habits, went distant on my attachments. I had to turn my presence to absence, stuck in the cage, questioning the hours and days, depression will phase. My tunnel vision starting to fade. I started to marry my thoughts, already engaged. Not knowing my next move had me going insane. Depending on alcohol to get me over the pain. Praying my habit don't never have me turn to cocaine. I won't allow this temporary pain to turn to a stain. I want to live, but my joy for life is stuck in the grave. God, I need you more than ever. I was hoping you came. So used to holding shit in. It's kind of hard to explain. Picasso, the best way to put it. Before you knew the meaning of it, you misunderstood it. Far from perfect, did a lot of shit I knew I shouldn't. Ducking my demons, but they coming like a moving bullet. Shit is crazy out here. It's like I love it and I hate it out here. Gotta be mentally stable out here just to make it out here. Never slipping every day, I'm aware. If I ain't got it, I go get it, and I'll make it appear. Tough love being assertive, that's the way that I care. When I'm distant and I ignore you, then to me, you ain't there. When I erase you, that's when you worry. Replace your ass in a hurry. That's the truth, not a dead nigga. Do not complain. Tough love being assertive, that's the way that I care. When I'm distant and I ignore you, then to me, you ain't there. Oh, that, see that? That type of pain resonates with me. Like, I appreciate that pain. I, I didn't been, been through, like, that's fuel for the abandonment, right? Because here's the thing. The preemptive strike of taking love away for fear of being abandoned, yeah, I get that. That's how I move through life. It's, it's a lot of situations and relationships that I was in that I got out of, Right? Because I, I didn't want, I felt it. You could feel the trimming of force. When people start moving different, yeah. When the invitations stop coming, 
when when people stop checking in, stop checking on you, and you've been checking in on them, like yeah, that's that's preemptive strike. I'm done dealing with you. And you'd be like, yeah, I ain't heard from you in six months. Yeah, I'd be like, yeah, you got a phone. <laughs> if I had a bronze panties on, you'd hit me. Ben didn't hit me. So yeah, I, I yeah, I get that. That that's uh that's sober thoughts, by the way. Young Ma says sober, that's sober thoughts. And I got, man, sober thoughts. I, I have a lot of time. I don't understand why people reach out to people when they drunk or high. Like your thoughts ain't right. Like that's when the rambling be, like you be incoherent. And you probably don't mean none of that anyway. The inhibitor is the silence. I, <laughs> I don't want to have an introvert party. The silence. Silence gives you opportunity to get your thoughts together. Right? So you can, so you can focus on what it is you want, what you want to do. And crew love, sometimes it's hard. Whew, it's hard. Sometimes people outgrow you. Sometimes you outgrow people. Right? And when, and when that happens, you just got to you gotta navigate through it or cut that, cut that relationship off. Or tell people. It's hard to sit down with people and be like, look, I feel like I'm here. And you're there. Right? Because when you do that, they're going to be like, hey, you think you're better than me because you got a PhD. You think you're better than me because you got a new job. You think you're better than me because you got, you know, you in the league now. And it ain't that. Still love you. I still love you. It just and I'm just trying to tell you where you I used to be where you was at. We was there together. Wasting money, wasting time, wasting words, right? But now I ain't there no more. So I want you to be here. People always talk about, you know, when you reach up, you reach back. Sometimes when you reach back, people be like, yeah, you ain't cool no more. We don't connect anymore. And I'm like, yeah, that's that. You said that. You don't connect like that, right? It's the abandonment issues. You know, and I got, man, I got so many abandonment issues. I got I got a list of issues. If I could sell them, you could stack all the magazines in this world together, all the issues. <laughs> yeah, it'd be, that. it won't be half of the abandonment issues that I got, right? And so on the outside looking in, any anyone's life, when I look at people's lives now, I just be like, I wonder what they're going through because they look like they ain't whole, like their soul is void, right? And abandonment issues is part of that. And that's why this song resonates. I know, I know, I know. Yeah, it resonates. Cause you got desires. Mm. Ooh, shawty, you try it. Boys getting filled with entitlement. Why would you tell me those lies? Yeah. Why would you make it so bold to my face? Why are your stories all over the place? Whole lot of secrets friends don't keep safe. Where did your friends all go? Ooh. I can't solve your problems. You say your problems never needed solving. I was too good till you should have stayed silent. Nice guys always finish off where they started. Deja vu, you wanted things and you got them. Deja vu, I wanted smoke and I got it. Deja vu, deja, deja. This song is rather complicated. But I played that segment there because the end resonates, right? Like, men, if you're in a relationship with a woman, she don't need you to solve her problems. (laughs) 
She don't want you to solve her problems. Yeah, she don't. She's not going to ask you to solve her problems. She's not. And I, th- I think that uh, we get we get caught up. He mentioned that she gets she has entitlement in a relationship, and she should. <laughs> Every one of us should feel entitled in our relationships, right? We're entitled to a certain way of being treated, a certain way of being talked to, a certain way of acting, right? You entitled to that, right? Everything should align. I think pe- people spend a lot of time not aligning and saying, hey, Oh, this person's this way. I can change that person. Yeah. Nope. Abandonment issues. <laughs> yeah, I got them. You can't change the person. This song is by Future and Drake. They both talking about a woman that they can't control. A woman that Drake even said, me giving you a rock, you know, with a, a ring with a rock in it, it ain't going to change how you move because you got desires. Right, it sounds like she's. They're both talking about a woman that's public, right? She likes to move. She's a, probably a tastemaker, a socialite. She likes to move around, right? She don't like to be controlled. She don't like to answer to anybody, right? And both of them are like, "Hey, I need to. I need to just send you to Katy, Texas, <laughs> small place compared to you know Miami, or uh, Saskatchewan, or New York, right? Because they both hoping hey, if I move you to the smaller place, you're gonna stop moving in the way you're moving." Yeah, she not. It's who she is. Like the locale ain't going to change how you behave. The way you behave is that's how you are. Like your idiosyncrasies are yours. They don't change based on the context of love or like or lust or hate. Like they all the same, right? It's an amalgamation. It it manifests itself in the way that you behave, right? Because it's you. It's all you. And love ain't going to change who you are. It ain't going to stop you from being you. Right, <laughs> and I, I and I think you know my abandonment issues to save me from a lot of heartbreak, cause I don't understand getting hearts broke. It's just cause you know yeah I'm mostly detached. But this song by Six Lack, disconnect. Oh, it so resonates. Love is not looking over shoulders. Love is you should trust what I told you. Lately, it's like you've been speaking fantasy and I'm speaking reality Cause we got problems we ain't getting over I think we breaking up And not just on some boyfriend-girlfriend shit I think we had enough Like, I can't hear ya I'm falling and I'm trying to work it out But we got disconnected I'm trying to work it out struggling to tell you I love you Are you saying music's above you I do this shit here cause I need I need you but you couldn't see so I'm out here listening to Monster Heartbreak sponsor smoking on the ganja yeah No I don't have time left to care Spare or share You to make Cupid aim away a bow and arrow can't take the pain away. Oh, yeah. So six lack. Oh, I love this song. Disconnect, cause I. So I don't think people see the disconnect coming. 
right? Especially if you're dealing with, with job or school or anything that takes your focus away from the person you love. Like, I don't think they see the disconnect coming. Because that intensity, you got that. I always said the best phase of love is between like and love. Ain't no expectations. I used to have this poem where I said, um, oh, expectations are like the HIV in the veins of love. Right? Like that. That And I apologize. That that <laughs> For any listeners out there with HIV, listen to my podcast, I apologize. I'm not being insensitive. I wrote that poem like 12 years ago. But my point is, like, I, people don't expectations like the disconnect is it begins happening in the little things right then for you know it it's the big thing so when you had that one argument that start that to you is the major snapping point in a relationship like all those other little points of the relationship have already been building to get to that point where the disconnect is there man and i waited to say that the disconnect is never about another person it's always about you. But I think the people's, people say, okay, I got a disconnect in this relationship. Like with my boys, they want to go to the strip club. I'm beyond the strip club. I don't care about that no more. And so then you start hanging out with other dudes that don't go to the strip club to think that this going to be cool with them, and it ain't. Like you can't replace the person you got. It's you. Like you have to say, I don't connect with them anymore. Or maybe they don't connect with me anymore. And that's okay. So I got to let this relationship go. It's okay. <laughs> to let relationships go. Right? Because you don't want to damage nobody. You don't want to be hurtful. Right? And so I've, I've been damaged. You know, this this my whole adoption situation was, man. Whew. Sometimes I think about it. and just I be in spaces where I just don't get out of the bed for three or four days. I don't eat. I can't think. Like, it's just pain is, is hard. Some pain you just don't overcome because it's bound. It's it's uh, it's it's uh, wrapped up in who you are, right, and what it means to be you, how that manifests, who accepts it, who doesn't. And so, yeah, yeah, that's, whew, that's, man, it's, I'm emotional. Whew, my chest burning. Yeah, this so yeah, this this the end of my of my full disclosure, right? And so yeah, I got abandonment issues, I, and I, that don't make me a weak person. It makes me vulnerable, but I find I find strength in the vulnerability. Like that's I love being vulnerable, to me, right? But being vulnerable to y'all, <laughs> man, this this is a new thing. So you know, if I sound like I'm rambling, it's because I'm rambling. So anyway, yeah, this this the end of. Um, yeah, uh, full disclosure. It, it hurt, but it helps. So now let's get into either or, neither nor. I feel honored to be in these situations that I could use my voice and and do the things I do. You know, um, it's an extension of my family. It's like the, the things that I do. I tell I tell my uh, my uh, my family all the time. I tell my grandmother, my mom. You know, they, they, they're, they're proud, they're super proud and strong mm -hmm. women, and they, they won't ask me for anything. Mm -hmm. And I say, man, you know, there are times where I don't want to get my picture taken, and I want to eat, and, and, you know, paparazzi, like, take photos in your face and screaming at you and, like, taking pictures, and you can't take your kid to the park. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, those are the sort of things that 
give the reason why I'm okay with it and, and, and why I can cope and live with these things without, you know, as much as a complaint is the things that it allows me to, 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 to do, the spaces that it affords me, the, the rooms I'm allowed to go in as myself. I walk in every room as myself. I don't walk in any room as anyone else. I'm not, I'm not cowering, I'm not speaking soft, I'm not, my voice doesn't change, it sounds exactly the same way. I'm walking as myself and proud and I speak and I speak for us. So my either, Jay-Z, right? University of Columbia honored him with a speaker series as his namesake, right? And so he's the first speaker, I guess, uh, to have a conversation. So this is last week. So while most of the world outside of hip-hop culture is up at arms because Jay-Z and Beyonce don't stand on the national anthem <laughs> at the Super Bowl, uh, this was the highlight of my hip-hop week, right? He's talking his billionaire talk, right? So once you become a billionaire, you can enter any room yourself, <laughs> your full self, right? I love his, his locks afro. It's extra Afrocentric. It's extra dope. It's a good look, right? But once you at billionaire status, you got enough money to create the rooms that you walk in, right? But the rest of us, <laughs> yeah, we, we walking in rooms that we get invited to because there's a whole lot of rooms we ain't even invited to. We don't even know what a room is. <laughs> there's rooms in life you ain't going to know what a room is. You, gonna, you might not even hear about it after the fact or you heard about it and was like, well, I didn't know about that. Yeah, they didn't want you to know. That's why you didn't get the invite. But, you know, as you hopefully as you get older, you'll be able to be yourself. Now I'm always myself. Right, So whether I'm professorial or we discuss a hip-hop, I'm me. But it's certain things I'm not going to say based on the room I'm in. right? Because I, you know, I, I got people that I'm connected to. And I don't want the people I'm connected to to get hurt because of something that I say. Because you know, people clap back. Systems clap back. They retaliate in silence. right? And so, yeah, I appreciate the, the big talk. It, it's, a, uh, it's an interesting panoramic of Jay-Z's growth. If you get a chance to listen to it, uh, it's it's a great a great interview, and uh yeah yeah it's it's a great interview. But yeah, it, work on you again. Work on you. Always be yourself. Don't compromise. I realize in some spaces where it ain't many of us. When I say us, I mean black people. Whereas you know you get uh you only, right? You get um you become the token, right? And so don't I re just say reject that. If you got feelings of imposter syndrome because you don't think you should be in the space, you in the space. If you're a student and you're you a chemical engineer doing well, you're supposed to be there. Whether you got a black professor, whether you're the only one there, yeah, be there. Your greatness needs to be there. It, it, is a, it has afforded you the right to be there. So be there and represent to the fullest, right? And so, but to be authentically you, whew, yeah, most people ain't ready for you to be authentic with them. <laughs> inside and outside of the culture, right? So just be you, do your thing, right? Inhale, exhale, your reality, please do. Yeah. And when people reject it, tell them, kick rocks. <laughs> and keep it extra moving. And so this right here, this is my or, right? So my, my or is 
sauna wet. <laughs> so I went home. When I went home, I hooked up with my man, Dr. Andre Washington. He's a professor at Langston University, one of the foremost authorities, right, uh, in rehabilitation work, right? He's that guy. So we went to go work out. We're at his private gym, <laughs> his private gym. And before we did it, we sat in the sauna. Yeah. I'm never doing that again. <laughs> it felt like they had a, a sun and hail all in the same sauna that we was in. And we was in it for 20 minutes. Yeah, I was sweating. <laughs> I, I ain't never sweat like that. This is the pre-workout. I ain't never sweat like that. Every, every hole I got was dry. <laughs> my ears was dry. My mouth was dry. My eyes started drying out. Yeah. My lips were sweating. <laughs> you ever see somebody with their lips sweating? Yeah, my lips were sweating. That's how hot it was off in there. And we stayed in there the whole 20 minutes. And he was trying to have a full-blown conversation with me. Man, I barely had breath to breathe. Every time I inhale hot breath, oh, man, have you ever inhaled hot breath? <laughs> oh, man, my lungs was burning. I didn't exhale hot breath. And I'd have been around people that breath was hella hot. Yeah, extra. And, and it was, yeah, my eyes was watering in, but my eyes couldn't even water. Yeah, sauna. I'm not, mm-mm. Yeah, and it's the, it's the one where you see it's, it's all wood. So the first thing I thought about was splinters. Right? So we ass naked in this sauna. Well, so we got towels on. In this sauna, sitting down, it's hot. He trying to have a conversation. It's a dude. A dude walks in while we talking. I'm barely talking, trying to keep pace. <laughs> Responding to Andre, he won't leave me alone. Because <laughs> I barely had any breath to give. Yeah. Sauna wet. Yeah. You, I, yeah. I think you use the sauna like you take a shower at the end of the workout, and then after you do that, you get in the sauna because you don't want to dry off. Dry yourself off, five, six minutes, bam. You out, back to the workout. Yeah. Mm-mm. I ain't doing that again. He was like, yeah, man, we need to detox. Get off in here. Mm-mm. Yeah, it was, yeah. I'm, I, it was so hot in there, I started reading my Bible again. <laughs> yeah, I ain't going to hell. No, sir. Mm-mm. Yeah, that, that, I turned over a new leaf. I think God was like, hey, you doing good, but you ain't doing good enough. I'm going to give you, an, I'm going to give you a, a prequel of what it could be like. So get it together. <laughs> Yeah, that, that's, that's my sauna wet. <laughs> so that's my either and my or. So I liked it. That's why it's my or, because I liked it in hindsight, because then we worked out, we rode five miles on a bike and did all this other stuff. But, yeah, that's my either or. Jay-Z, Columbia stance, right, and sauna wet. <laughs> now we're going to get to this neither nor. It's been said that his legacy is complicated because of sexual assault charge, which was dismissed in 2003, 2004. Is it complicated for you as a woman, as a WNBA player? It's not complicated for me at all. Even if there's a few times that we've been at a club at the same time, Kobe's not the kind of guy, never been like, you know, please go get that girl or tell her or send her this. I have other NBA friends that are like that. Mm -hmm. Kobe's, he, he was never like that. I just never see have ever seen him being the kind of person that would be do something to violate a woman or be aggressive in that way. I, that's just not the person that I know. But Lisa, you wouldn't see it, though. 
as a spring, you wouldn't see it. And that's possible. Mm -hmm. I just, it's just, I just don't, I just don't believe that. Mm -hmm. And I'm not saying things didn't happen. Mm -hmm. I just don't believe that things didn't happen with force. Is it even a fair question to talk about it, considering he's no longer with us and that it was resolved? Or is it really part of his history? I think that the media should be more respectful um, at this time. It, it's like if you had questions about it, you've had many years to ask him that. I don't think it's something that we should keep hanging over his legacy. I mean, he went to, it went to trial. Yeah, well, the case, is, it was dismissed because the victim in the case refused to testify. Two things about this neither. So Gail, Auntie Gail, <laughs> pause. Yeah. So two things. How is one a victim in a situation when there was no rendering made and the person didn't testify? Right? Two people had a sexual interaction. One thought it was consensual. One thought that it wasn't. The one that didn't think it was didn't testify. I don't know what happened. I wasn't there. No one was convicted of a crime. That interview was rather intriguing to me. Right? So we in a we in a Me Too era where if somebody says, if a, if a woman says, the way he looked at me made me feel uncomfortable. You can get fired for that. Like your whole career is over. They cancel you because you made somebody feel uncomfortable. Now, I don't know. That person wouldn't know how you saw them looking at you because they weren't looking at themselves when they were looking at you. But the way you interpreted them looking at you, yeah, that's on you. <laughs> that's a subjective perspective. Also, when she said, you wouldn't know. So, Gail, so... Lisa mentions that Kobe never violates women, have, haven't violated women around him, or ask around her, or ask her, you know, to be the wing woman and be like, yeah, bring me that girl. And she's, and Gail responds, well, you wouldn't, you wouldn't, though, you wouldn't notice it because you're his friend. What? <laughs> what, what does that mean? Well, my man, on my, the dudes in my circle, they, they shrocks in the tank. And when they move Grammy, I notice it. <laughs> every single time because they purposeful in the griminess. And so it's just, uh, so I'm big on the question. Like the, the guilt is in the question. So if you ask me, did I steal some something from you? I feel like you think I stole it, which is why you're asking me. So the guilt is in the question. So we're going to have a conversation about why you felt I was that you could ask me. So again, my mantra is not what you did or what you said. It's why you felt you could. <laughs> yeah. And so, yeah. That Gail, I seen the, I seen the kickback. Like, you know, Snoop kicked back. A lot of black men was basically, you know, canceling her out in rude ways, in disrespectful ways. Right? And so I, I'm, I'm anti-disrespecting black women. So I... Nuance for me is I can critique Gail for her comments about Kobe, right? I can I can't critique her without calling her out of her name. So yeah, this this cancel culture era is nuts, super nuts. And so yeah, that that's that's my neither. Like again, the guilt is in the question. So just watch the way you frame the question. 
And if she's his friend, she's going to know when he's moving grimy. So you can't impute motives. Never impute motives of people's actions. Ask them directly. Because, again, it's not what you did or what you said. It's why you felt you could. <laughs> yeah. So my nor is too fine to speak. Mm. Mm-mm. So it was Super Bowl weekend, right? And so my man Myron and Andre, they asked me to bring some wings over to their house. To Myron's house. And so I go get wings. I'm on the east side at uh I don't Wing Supreme. I think that's it. It's on Lincoln. It's a black owned wing place. You know, now the wing now I will say the wings. <laughs> so if y'all can see me right now, I'm holding up a business card. <laughs> a business card. <laughs> so the wings I got was half the size of a business card each. <laughs> so it's been a while since I ate 20 wings. And was, I can barely do it. Like with a regular size wing, these wings, I got 60 wings. Yeah, and I ate 20 wings. I was still hungry. <laughs> so, these, yeah, these kid wings. But they was good. I mean, they was good, but, yeah, they was extra small. But anyway, so I go off in there, and this sister walks into the wing place. Man, she was finer than powdered chocolate cocaine. Oh, she was so fine. And I was like, man, like everybody in the room, women, everybody looked at her. That's how fine she was. Everybody looked at her. And so, you know, I was off, I was off in the corner, standing there waiting. And then she walked over by me and proceeded to talk to me. <laughs> and I was thinking, she too fine for me to speak to her. <laughs> She was like, yeah, so what'd you get? And I was like, uh, I looked over my shoulder to the right. She was standing to my left. I looked over my shoulder to the right, then looked back around. Like, you talking to me? I said, oh, I got the uh, I got the hot wings, I got the lemon pepper, and I got the uh barbecue, bu- the buffalo, buffalo, sweet bar- buffalo sauce. She was like, yeah, I got the 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 what did she get? Something that I just wouldn't get. Parmesan and garlic and you know, uh, something else that she got, right? And I was like, yeah, okay, that's going to be pretty good, I guess. She was like, yeah, so I, this your first time coming here? And I was like, yeah, it is. And she was like, yeah, it's my first time too. And, I'm, you know, I'm, I got these wings. I'm, you know, I'm going to go celebrate the Super Bowl. And I was like, yeah, I'm anti-Super Bowl, but I'm pro-friends, so I'm going to hang out with my guys because, you know, I love my guys. And so she was like, oh, yeah, no, I'm just – do, I'm just doing my thing. I'm going to go home and watch the game. And I was like, oh, okay. Yeah, that's good. That's good that you're going to spend do that. Yeah. And so she just kept talking. <laughs> and I, as an introvert, I, was, I wasn't uncomfortable. But, you know, I was like, okay, yeah. It didn't, and it didn't feel like she was hitting on me. I'm not saying she was hitting on me. But, yeah, I was like, okay. She's an introvert, too. I didn't ask her, what's she an introvert? Because she was talking to me. But maybe she picked up on my introvert vibes and started. She had glasses just like me. She was like the super nerd. So she was fine, beautiful with the hair up. With the She had a dress on with high heels and the glasses. So maybe she was like, yeah, I'm just going to run here. She had the, the, uh, no, the librarian look. Big up to the librarians. If you look like she was looking big up to librarians worldwide. Yeah. And so I was like, yeah, we just had a cool conversation. I was like, yeah. She was like, yeah, ultimately, what you do? What you do? I'm here. I teach. Yeah, what you buy for? Find, come find out. Okay, yeah, I'm a professor. Yeah, she's an attorney. And so, yeah, it was just a cool interaction. But, yeah, 
It was for me. It goes back to the whole nerd and cheer, nerd and cheerleader paradigm. That's why I live my life in the nerd and cheerleader paradigm. Like I grew up, I never dated the cheerleader. She was always too fine for me to date, right? You know, before I got, I got out of high school and got into college and was dating them all. But you know, my confidence was low when I was Urkel, not Stefan. Yeah, back in the day, and so that was a reverberation of that. She took me all the way back to that memory, those memories, and I was like, yeah. She was like, yeah, okay. Well, uh, she got her order. We talked, we might talk for 20 minutes. She got her order. She was like, okay, well, enjoy your Super Bowl weekend. I was like, yeah, you enjoy yours too. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> she was too fun to speak. <laughs> God is good. <laughs> So, what we going to get into next is my favorite segment, What We Not Gonna Do. Billie Eilish's new Vogue interview has pissed off some hip-hop fans. She called out rappers for lying about having lots of bitches and guns in their songs. She says that they're just posturing. There's a difference between telling a story that needs to be told, and maybe there's hyperbole within the story, and just lying to be appealing. I, I like, yeah, surprise, rappers lie. Like, yeah. oh, <laughs> newsflash like yeah. it's it to me it's just like <laughs> it's just such the same conversation that people who appropriate make her whole style is a hip-hop style she makes like headlines based off of things that she copies from hip-hop culture yet she turns around and criticizes like they they lie in rock music they lie in pop music a lot of these bitches is crying about heartbreaks they never had and also remember a lot of them were what? virgins when they weren't yeah. so exactly 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 like i couldn't say that better myself Right? What we're not going to do is critique the culture that you're not a part of. Billie Eilish, I never heard your music. But when I, when I Googled you, though, I got on these internets, a lot of your style is hip-hop-esque. Yeah. So don't, don't critique the culture, but use part of the culture to get paid. Yeah, don't do that. Don't, don't do the uh, um, Miley Cyrus. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, don't do the Mighty Cyrus. Don't do the, uh, oh, what's the other one? What's the other one? I can't think of her name. Yeah, don't do that. Yeah, don't do that. You're not a part of the culture. Don't critique it. Yeah, I love, yeah, that, uh, man, that's it right there. I'm outside of a lot of cultures. I don't have nothing to say about them at all. No critique whatsoever. Yeah, every, every music genre operates in a facade. Yeah, so it ain't really who you are. Or, you know, it ain't really what you do. It's your A&R and your label saying, hey, we think if we position you this way, we can sell these records. To me, she's like uh, Arva Levine, 2.0, just not as good. <laughs> yeah, she's just not as good. So, yeah, keep hip-hop's name out your mouth. Don't disrespect it. The genre's older than you are. Yeah, so pay homage before you open your mouth. Yeah, please, please, don't do that. So that, that was well stated. Oh, yeah. Uh, uh, respect due to E! News, Nightly Pop. Yeah, that's where, I, that's where I got that uh clip from. But anyway, guess what we're not going to do? Is speak on something that we're not a part of that we use to get bags loosely. Like, she ain't even hip-hop adjacent. Like, she's totally not a part of the culture. So that the reason why is uh, she had a Vogue interview that dropped six days ago. Pretty enlightening interview until she started talking about hip-hop. Right? And so I get it that everybody starts somewhere. But, you know, you don't got to step on the culture. The most highly streamed, the most highly downloaded, the most highly YouTube watched. Yeah, it's our culture. It's, it's our time to shine. You're not a part of that culture. So you hot where you at, 
Yeah, but you cold. You hella cold. <laughs> you Pluto cold to us, to the culture. So again, shut your mouth. Yeah. <laughs> so that's done. What we're not going to do is over. That was an abbreviated version. The, 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 the comments are so right and exact. So what we're getting into now is the Tombat. Yeah, so somebody, this is a, a reader, a reader, somebody listen to the podcast. I ain't going to say their name. I'm going to be getting permission. So I ain't going to say your name unless y'all give me permission. But this, this question ain't bad. There's like, what's the next movie that you ready to see? Man. So movies been kind of whack. So I'm, now that I'm out of the Marvel Universe, Dr. Sleep was the last movie I saw, and that movie could have been great. Oh, but they, they dropped the ball. But when I seen this trailer, <laughs> I'm definitely going to see this movie. All available units, officer down. Detective Banks and route. Whoever did this has another motive. They're targeting cops. This shit's gonna go sideways fast. Someone's out there pulling all the strings. You wanna play games, motherfucker? So that's the Saw movie trailer to Spiral. It's going to be the ninth Saw movie. I've seen them all. Saw came out in 04. Saw 2, 05. Saw 3, 06. Saw 4, 07. Saw 5, 08. Saw 6, 09. Saw 7. 2010, they hiatused it. Jigsaw came out in 2017, and now Spiral. So I love Chris Rock as an actor. Pootie Tang, <laughs> Pootie Tang is in, is in my top 10 movies ever, regardless of genre. But what I love about Saw, so basically you don't know about it, it's about this doctor who, take a, who took an oath to heal and help people with life. God gives him cancer. Where he thinks God gives him cancer. He's mad about that. So what he does is he monitors people. And when they're evil, he makes them choose to live or die. He captures them and puts them in these unique cages where they got to cut their hand off to get out the, get out the handcuffs or uh, fall into this hole and get sliced in half. Or, oh, this one dude, he had, uh, <laughs> this one dude, he woke up. He had the combination to get out this room, and he had a candle, but he had inflammatory stuff sprayed all over him. He had to figure out the candle before the room blew up, and he got the candle too close because the, the combination to, the, to get out the door was on the wall, and he set himself on fire. <laughs> this one lady had to reach up in the hand, a thing of acid to get the key. This one lady had to cut a guy's chest open to get the key out for her head got sliced off, and he was alive. 
Man. But she ended up being his apprentice. <laughs> After he died and she carried on the legacy of capturing people who do foul. Or they had this one where they was all in the house and they had these numbers written on their head and they had to work together to figure out the code to get out of there. Oh, man. Saw. That's my joint. Yeah, so yeah, that's the movie. I'm going to see Spiral 1,000%. Gotta have it. Ooh, yes. Ooh, yeah, I'm actually excited. Finally, we're getting into the D-Tangle. I'm rooting for um, everybody black. <laughs> I am. <laughs> Betting on black tonight. Lovely. You look great. Thank you. <laughs> she was so disappointed. Lovely. You look great. <laughs> so that's Issa Rae. Yep, my girl. Issa, 2017 Emmys, red carpet. It's Black History Month, man. I'm rooting for everybody black. I know all y'all don't know. Black History Month, like the precursor to that, 1926, Carter G. Woodson, Association for the Study of Negro Life and History. Yeah, they say the second week of February is going to be Negro History Week. That's what we're going to do. So later on, President Ford, 1976, remixed it and said, hey, we need to have Black History Month. And this is exact words, to seize the opportunity to honor the two often neglected accomplishments of black Americans in every area and endeavor throughout our history. Yeah. So this brings us to our podcast, season two, episode seven, to a close. Yes. Two weeks, we're going to be at the Big 12 Conference on Black Student Government. <laughs> yeah, I'm absolutely looking forward to it. We're going to come down, build with these students. Yeah, just in case you didn't know, I'm out here, Doc Hoskins. I got I got a plethora. I don't, I don't use plethora often. <laughs> I got a plethora of uh, ways to connect with black or in undergraduates of color, if you love hip-hop, yeah, at, at this conference, I'm doing a workshop twice. Damn, can we use hip-hop therapy to make sure we're going to be all right and our blackish? Yeah, that's what that's about. I'm going to use Kendrick Lamar's damn album to dissect how black students experience being black on predominantly white institution campuses. So we're getting it in. Yeah, but I, I got three more. Yeah, I, I got one. This is about, well, it's called The Art of Getting Your Mind Right. Right? Emotional adulting 101. Using Drake's views, gonna use Cardi B's Invasion of Privacy. It's entitled Authentic Black Everywhere and It Work. <laughs> and then the next one is Kirk. We use the Kirk album by the baby. Somewhere between the hood and academe. So yeah, I'm out here. You got black students on your campus or students that love hip hop. Yeah, I, I can bring the show on the road, which is what we're trying to do. Anyway, go on social media. Like, subscribe, download, follow Facade Podcast. We out here in the streets. <laughs> yeah, and remember, we maraud for ears. Facade Podcast is written and produced by me. Original theme music by Taylor Latrey. Audio editing by me. If you enjoyed the Facade Podcast, help me spread the word by telling a student, friend, family member, or co-worker about the show. Follow Facade Podcast playlist on Spotify, where you can find our music playlist curated by DJ Chuck Diesel every Monday. Also, be sure to introduce yourself at Facade Podcast on Twitter and Facade Pod on IG. 
Okay. Thanks, everyone. We'll talk to you in two weeks.